from Boulder, Colorado. You're listening to Deep Fried Thoughts with Michael Friedberg and special guest Bobby Stuckey. Michael, take it away. All right, we're here at Yellow Belly, which is my restaurant, and it's uh, quite an honor to have Bobby sitting across the table for us. How are you doing today, Bobby? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Cool. So, as you know, this show is about sports and business. And so let's start with the sports side. I think a lot of people know what you've been up to lately, which is um, Frosca, Scarpetta Wine, um, Pizzeria Locale, and Pizzeria Locale 2.0. But uh, tell us a little bit about um, Bobby Stuckey, the athlete. Well, um, you know, I've always, uh, I think maybe because, um, I don't know, challenged with dyslexia and ADD, I think I self-medicated myself with running since I was about seven. And I uh, started running when I was about seven years old. And uh, my parents are like, oh, this is a good idea for this kid. And uh, always was in, started running 10Ks when I was seven. And uh, at the end of high school, got into triathlons. And then from that, got into racing bicycles and then full circle back to running, and, and I love it. And went out running today with Craig Lewis. We've got nine miles in out in the snow. It was beautiful. Nice. And so where you kind of landed in the um, athletic world right now is you focus on marathons? Uh, yeah. Um, we, there's a joke at Frosca that I get to do one marathon a year per my wife. Um, this year we'll, I'll get two because we, we negotiated that the L.A. Marathon was a family uh, get-together. Because my it was my dad's idea for his 70th birthday, so since we did the marathon with my father and my brother for my dad's 70th, we're not going to count that. And then I'll get to do New York in the fall. Nice, I like that logic. And so, um, you know, at one point you were making a living as a triathlete. So I, I feel like you sold yourself a little short as far as the level you're doing at, this at, and then a professional cyclist. How did you? know when it was time to transition from making a living as an athlete and how did you decide to go down the path that you went down well well first I, I i was i was really good as a triathlete i never made a living at it but i did make a living as a professional cyclist and that me that living was pretty meager and i'll be honest there was a guy on my team that was named kent bostick and i remember i was so happy to have a pro contract and I was sitting after a race, and Kent said to me, Bobby, do not quit your job waiting tables. You're not a pro athlete. And I'm like, what? What do you mean I'm not a pro? And he just devastated me, but he was so brilliant. He's like, if you can't do this for 20 years, then that's not your true profession. It's your hobby. And I was so devastated that... <laughs> Here's the guy who's one of the best guys on the team yeah. and the highest paid guy on the team, and he was calling it his hobby. And he ended up the next year at 41 years of age making the U.S. Olympic team. And I, it just resonated, and he just gently, without him ever knowing, I, I, if I ran into him today, I would tell him that he helped create. He was one of the integral parts of creating Bobby Stuckey, the restaurant guy, from that conversation. Because he was like, he knew me and we would travel. You know, he spent a lot of time in the car. He spent a lot of time riding a bike next to him. And he was, he was more mature than many other people on that team. Meaning he was older. He had a career outside of cycling. But he was really good at, like, pointing at things and saying, hey, you're passionate about the restaurant business. Don't stop doing that. And it was really, there were some, like, really smart people on that team, like, uh, Derek Bouchard Hall. I mean, that guy's a genius, and he's, like, really smart. He was on the team. Um, 
Peter Steubenrock, who's a physician down at uh, 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 Denver Health and uh, as a uh, cardiologist, he was on that team. But Kent was really good at kind of pushing these young athletes like myself and said, hey, keep your options open. Yeah. And so where... So that's how the transition happened. Okay. And so take us through that transition. What what led up to Frosca and Scarpetta and Pizzeria? Okay. Well, uh, I, uh, when I got done cycling, I was already, as I said, already working in restaurants. And then um, while I was a cyclist, I, I had taken my initial sommelier uh, diploma. And then I went... Um, uh, to Aspen to work there, and I became the wine director there. And from there, I went to the French Laundry. Um, and so that's in New York, right? No, New York. Uh, they have a restaurant in New York called Per Se, but it was the French Laundry's in Napa. Okay. I got to work uh, with Thomas Keller and Laura Cunningham and the team there, Michael Manillo. And that, that was like really, that era was like, that was the team. And that's where I met. Uh, that's where I met Locke. That's where I met Chef Lachlan. And, and so bike racing was in the rear view at this point? Or were fully. you still? Okay. Like I had you're, not, a, you're not still smashing crits on the weekend? No, and not <laughs> at all. I, like I would do a marathon when, uh, once a year, and yeah. that's what I would do. And I just was fully focused on the wine hospitality world. And then uh, in 2003, we left to move out here to open Frosca. We opened in 2004, but it took a little less than a year to get open. Cool. And so um, for those of you guys that are listening and if you haven't seen Bobby's TED Talk about being a hospitalian, um, hit pause and, uh, and definitely check that out. But so your path into restaurants was very much front of the house hospitality with this passion for wine? Yes. You know, it's funny. I uh, started busting tables as like a crazy, like nerdy punk rock um, cross country runner in the 80s in high school. And... I would watch this gentleman, this manager, Tom Kaufman, do wine. Like, just how he talked about wine was so uh, enthusiastic. And so I just loved it. And I loved his thought process on hospitality. And then in college, I was waiting tables. And and as a bike racer, I was waiting tables. And it just kept snowballing. And some of it was through great leadership. And then some of it was, a lot of it was through great leadership of people I got to work with. And then some of it was kind of my own meditation on how we should look at the world of taking care of people. And yes, my job is that of an MS, Mm -hmm. but I really think of myself as just a glorified busboy that gets to pour some wine and hopefully take care of people. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I have an athletic background and I kind of have this weird linear view, um, you know, that I kind of consider having grown up in the athletic process. Um, I'm curious if you had a similar thing or if you were, you know, once you put bike racing behind you, if you took a similar process into, into your career that you currently have. Well, what I took out of cycling and then I took to the restaurant business was an incredible work ethic because I wasn't the most talented guy. So I had to work really hard just to get every little scrap I got, like, you know, my, my mom jokes, she's like, okay, let's just look at your path a dyslexic kid who decides to study u.s history not a great call for the easy track um bike racing when you look more like a swimmer right like i'm a little bit bigger than most cyclists but um because of those kind of struggles that when i went into the restaurant business maybe what i thought was a normal effort 
was maybe an extra effort for someone else, but I just was normally used to having to work that hard because I wasn't that good at those things and I had to get myself to a certain level. Yeah. And so I really would dive all in on something. And so what was the path towards uh, being an entrepreneur? What was your first, um, you know, first company that you established? And tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, as an entrepreneur, it was, uh, I wasn't like one of these guys who was like burning to be an entrepreneur. I was burning to take care of people in a restaurant that I owned. So I guess that meant being an entrepreneur, but I wasn't like one of these guys. I'm probably not a serial entrepreneur that I would want to be doing all different things, right? Like Sign, I, says the guy with a wine company and a handful of restaurants that are scaling quickly. But go on, we're listening. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like I like being taking care of people, and that was my best vehicle to do that. Um, you know, my job was going to, you know, I could either grow with Thomas Keller, I could do it on my own. And it, really, I probably would have stayed with the Thomas Keller indefinitely had I not decided to do my own thing. In what, and what was your first own thing? Uh, Frosca. It was Frosca yeah. with Lachlan. Yeah. And what year was that? We opened in 2004. That's awesome. And yeah. what, uh, it was last year, the year before, that you had the James Beard Award? So um, we've gotten, uh, well, um, Lachlan won one for Best Chefs uh, Southwest. And then uh, the wine team, the whole wine team won one um, for uh, Best Wine Service in the country in 2013. And then we, uh, we just accidentally got nominated for um, Outstanding Restaurant. So we're a nominee for that. Um, and as I told the whole staff, if we got that nominee, we we're going to celebrate then. Because I kind of look at us like an Italian art house film that <laughs> is up for best picture. It's a, we're, we're a little bit like an outlier there. So let's just celebrate the, the nomination this year. You're awfully humble. Um, coming from an athletic background, do you find yourself really seeking those, uh, you know, I guess for lack of a better word, wins? Are those important to you and, and what you're doing? I think we all look for wins, but I, look, I consider a win differently than maybe someone else. Um, and I try to talk to young similes and young uh, servers and young managers and young chefs with the same idea. Let's not look for a win what is traditional as a win. Like for me... A, uh, a great award or a great those are nice but those aren't the wins I think the win is showing up every day and really taking care of everyone that night in the dining room taking care of the fellow employees that you work with doing that that's the win mm. and if you do those collect those wins every day consistently then something like this might happen mm. like uh, James Beard Award yeah. or something like that so, I mean, kind of back to the athletic process, you know, there's daily goals and, and yeah. everything kind of builds from there. For sure. And so, um, you know, since you are in the world of athletics and also fine dining, um, can you talk a little bit about kind of your perspectives on food? I mean, do you kind of reward yourself with food? What's your relationship um, athletically to food? In my diet? Yeah. Okay, let's be honest here. I eat in the restaurant every night. Okay, there's a couple things that are true. Um, I have a couple vices. I have one Anchor Steam beer when the last entree goes out every night with a bowl of potato chips that we make in-house. So there's these chips that are made for the one table in the kitchen, yeah. but they don't get all those chips. <laughs> those chips are made for them and me, so we, there's two bowls, right? And um, so that's, like, my treat. But, like, I, I try to eat 
even though I'm in a dining room, I try to eat healthy, just balanced. Like, you know, whatever the kitchen wants to cook for me is what I'm going to eat, but I try to make sure that it's balanced. And, you know, of course, I have a glass of wine or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, I think sometimes we're too, as athletes, we're too scared. We're too scared about, like, great food. If you eat great food balanced, you're going to be a-okay, you mm-hmm. know? And so, I mean, since I do have you in Yellow Belly, uh, I got to ask, what wine would you pair with fried chicken? That's easy. Pierre Peter's champagne. You bet, man. Excellent. Come and on, man. It's savor time, like savor a bottle of champagne and eat some. I mean, that's like, some fried chicken? that would be like great. You know? when, when you're ready to host that dinner, just let okay. us know. Um, Get the savor out, a little savor time. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen it done with a ski. Um, really? Yeah. yeah Solid, uh, huh? Yeah. And so um, I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. What about beer? I know what you're going to say. Oh. Beer with fried chicken. Oh, I love beer with fried chicken. Which beer? Well, um, I'm a creature of habit, as we know. I have an Anchor Anchor Steam every night. And I've had an Anchor Steam with your fried chicken, so we know that works, you know? Excellent. Excellent. Okay, and so, um, you know, this is a new show, and we're just kind of figuring it out. But I do have um, four questions that I like to ask each guest. And so... The first of those four questions is, what was the best advice you got as an athlete? My best advice as an athlete. That you received as an athlete. Okay, for athletics or for later on down in no, life? No, no, for in the, in the middle of your career. In the, in the of middle it. of my career. Um, well, I think the best advice, it's pretty sad, but the best advice as an athlete was... Um, my dad, after I got fourth at um, USTS uh, Nationals for age group triathlons, fourth two years in a row by coming out of the water in about a hundredth each time and having to eat up all those people, he's like, um, Bobby, do you think uh, maybe you should look at duathlons? <laughs> okay, this is your father, right? And I'm like, I'm like, well, why? I like triathlons. He's like, well, let's just like look at the the body of your work right here, maybe we should take the swim out of the equation. And in a funny way, he was right. I didn't end up going into duathlons, but I got it, went into bike racing and uh, I had a lot of fun racing bikes and I wouldn't have had that fun. Maybe if a couple things didn't line up, I got to say for a punk rocker, you take advice really well. I mean, I would have thought that uh, having your teammate kind of put down your your big achievement of going pro would have provoked more of a middle finger response but it seems like being an adult and able to integrate good advice uh, oh, yeah. has served you well come on um, and then the second question is uh, what is the best advice you can give to an athlete and I think that you know you and I are guys that were lucky enough to have had kind of an elite career and now we're essentially weekend warriors so if you could maybe kind of speak to to people that are you know, give this advice to people that are more on our time frame than say, uh, you know, true professionals. Okay. Yeah. I think it's a, you know, I think that like, let's say if you're a weekend warrior and you want to do something like race the marathon for whatever that, and racing is different than running, right? Like if you want to like get out there and really push yourself to the most that you're going to do with, let's say a marathon first, look at the, the, some time, give yourself about 18 weeks have someone help you write that plan and be honest with your loved one that maybe you need to have like a long run, 18 to 18 weeks in a row that like 
I promise I'll do yard work when that's over. Or I promise I'll be a in the moment when that's over. But like, kind of look at the long game to mm-hmm. course that out. Yeah. And so, do you find that um, that that kind of balance helps you a lot in your professional life? I could not be me without doing that. And you know, I'm really lucky. Um, you've probably met Danette, my wife. I mean, she's like really supportive of me. Like, she understands how I tick probably the same as my folks understood as I ticked as a little kid like running around like she understands like doing like those endurance sports are good for my work and it does make me really balanced in a very stressful work environment I mean if you think about our industry food and beverage I mean there's a reason Anthony Bourdain had a a national best-selling book there's there was an era and there still exists an era in the restaurant business where it's not always that balanced, right? Yeah. There's a lot of vices and a lot of demons out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, endurance sports has been really great for me on that, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, I find the running of a restaurant to be similar to athletics in the sense that it's constant execution. You know, we used to say in skiing, you're only as good as your last run. And, uh, you know, you've got a lot of accolades and all of that. But still, I mean, every day that you're open is an opportunity to provide great service and be that hospitalian or to, you know, potentially, you know, mess it up with a few customers. And yeah, yeah. you can't call it in. You got to engage and you get the whole staff to engage in hospitality every day. Yeah. Okay. So the third question kind of switches over to business. And so what is the best advice you've been given as a businessman? To do what you really love to do and it, hire and hire people that are better than you at a lot of other things and don't be afraid to always be hiring people that challenge you and are better than you that's so important like i see young management that they you can see that they they they're afraid to hire someone because they think those people might be better you know better than them or challenge them that's what you want i want like all my managers to be managing me and to be challenging me and to to help me lead they need to also lead yeah that is great advice um what was the who is the first person you hired that you kind of felt like you were hiring your boss well um well have you ever seen rose work the dining room at frosca she's a legend has she been here since day one yeah Yeah. and she's she's also uh someone you reference in your ted talk yeah she's our gm now so she's not a server anymore um, but you know, she and I have worked together for over 20 years cause she worked with me at the little no, she doesn't like me to say that. And I just put it on a podcast cause then people start <laughs> doing the math. But, um, yeah, I mean, she was someone who was way better at the execution. And this is a guy who loves being on the floor serving. She was way better than me at serving and she could lead other people and work on those, those skill sets. And was a, she was, uh, in, she was determined to do it every day too. And yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. And so the um, fourth question is what's the best advice you could give to a businessman, someone, uh, you know, who's, who's might be relatable to their career. Give me, give me an example. Just, you know, I mean, so the best advice you can give, you know, maybe someone who's starting their own, their own business. Okay. If you're starting your own business, um, realize that, it's a long journey. It's really not a destination. It's not like you're trying to create something. I mean, I, we have a whole world of Silicon Valley and 
and all these things where people are just trying to like create something and then hopefully sell it or whatever. Uh, start a business and, and, and treat it like you're going to own it forever. That's awesome advice. Yeah, especially, you know, with the fast trajectory of things. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can, it, it kind of comes through in, in a lot of these different businesses. And so what is most of your focus on right now? Are you more focused on the expansion of Locale, the operations of Frosca? So Lachlan really, um, so Lachlan's a prime example of someone who's a lot better at me at a lot of things. Um, he, he really runs PL with Chris and, and Jordan, AK Bruiser. <laughs> and then, um, we this year hired a, um, a president of Scarpetta. So I kind of answered to the president and I answered a lot when they're kind of always driving that ship. And then I'm in charge of Frosca Inc., which is the original pizzeria, uh, Frosca, the hotel that we're going to do, the hotel restaurant we'll do in Denver next year, and the Frosca cookbook that we're working on. So that's kind of like my a major part. But like, as I said, this week I was teaching a, an MS course in in Dallas and I might be out of town next week for a day for Scarpetta but my main job is on 18th and Pearl that's awesome well thanks a lot for coming in and chatting with us thanks so much for having me and if people are interested in finding out more about you and all of these restaurants and potentially the cookbook is there a website you can send them to yeah just uh, frascafoodandwine.com for sure awesome well thanks a lot Bobby thank you